Winston Churchill. Doctor, is it you? Cabinet war rooms, right? Yep. I have something to show you. Our new secret weapon. This is one of my iron sights. You're what? I am your soldier. He didn't invent Iranian. They will win me the war. They're up to something, but what is it? What are they after? I've defeated you time and time again. I saved the whole of reality for you. I am the doctor. And you are the Daleks. Behold the restoration of the Daleks. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back. Let's start this week with Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, as always, happy to be on another episode. Uh, how about yourself, sir? Can't complain. Can't complain. I am so happy to be back into Series 5 of Doctor Who. Didn't realize how much I was looking forward to Matt Smith era, but yes, very, very glad to be back in Series 5, and equally glad to be able to say, welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Wow. Well, uh, feeling great after that that comparison, so that's fantastic. Absolutely Uh, fantastic. (laughs) I'm doing, uh, yeah, Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm glad to hear you are the same. Everybody, I guess all three of us are still, we're still staying home, huh? I know I am. For the time being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as much as possible. I do try to get out, you know, basic stuff, go to the grocery store. I did hang out with some friends once at a restaurant, and I was nervous as heck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it again anytime soon. So, yeah, yeah it's it's uh like Russian roulette out there, really. Well, yeah, and and, and the bullets are invisible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's going to be a while before I go to a, a restaurant again, I think. It's going to be a while. So what was um, the experience, just out of curiosity, Clarence, yeah. since you brought that up, what was the experience, if you don't mind sharing, of going in a restaurant? I mean, that's so weird to be able to sit here and ask that question, what's it like going to a yeah. restaurant? But what was it like? Well, maybe going – well, I went to a restaurant, but I sat outside on the patio. So that's one big mm-hmm. thing. I think that's one my big caveat. If I'm going to go, it has to be outside. Well, and, yeah. And I, I kept my diff distance from the friends I was with, you know, no shaking hands or all that stuff. So, you know, um, it's kind of just, uh, walking <laughs> a very tight rope to try to not do anything that's going to get you in trouble. And it's really, like you said, it's all invisible. And I don't know when is the time to say it's okay. I don't know. And you're eating, so you can't wear a mask all the time, can you? So I don't know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the Lee boat of, I've not gone to a restaurant no more than I will say that I've gone into some restaurants to pick up food, you know, as to that are, that are, that are no longer doing the curbside thing anymore. So I have gone in to a couple, but I have not gone in to sit down and eat. Um, and, and I'm thinking if I would, Clarence, I would do what you did, which is eat outside, which me personally, I hate doing. <laughs> But I do have one thing in the news, and I wasn't able to ask this question to Lee last time because his schedule had not permitted for him to do the listen back, which I know he does of our episodes. But you have listened to episode 200 since then. So my question, Lee, to you is when you started listening and you heard those first 30 seconds of the episode, what did you think? I, I just, uh, I, I, what do they say? Literally LOL'd. So yeah, I, uh, that's, that's a big, a big cheerful laugh, uh, to hear, not only hear Lewis finally as a part of our show, but also him doing something so extraordinarily silly. And, uh, um, yeah, it, 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 it connect, it connected the whole bunch of us and I, I enjoyed that a whole lot. So yeah. Well, I did a very, I have to pat myself on the back because I literally had that for about two weeks prior Mm. to our recording the 200th episode. And my ability to keep a secret is not a very strong 
<laughs> aspect of mine. I love <laughs> like being able to tint at things. Clarence knows this from watching Doctor Who all those years ago. I love, you know, trying to give hints and not giving hints was the hardest thing I have done in I don't know how long. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that and and all of the other uh, audio mixing bonuses that you peppered throughout the mix of that that recording because uh, it it was not just your average show episode of Discussing Who and, you know, it's number 200. It shouldn't have been. Well, I will have to say I've got to give a hats off to Nicole because when I heard her say, oh, Dalek Khan and the laugh track, I was like, you're just (laughs) scripting this for me. Right. <laughs> but I can do that. Yeah. So that was cool. So very, very cool. And again, Louis Trapani, our hats off to you. Thank you for being part of episode 200. But this is not episode 200. So gentlemen, I say let's get into the review. Any objection? What would happen if we objected? I don't know. Object <laughs> and find out. No. He, I, he would just roll the spoiler trail. Oh, exactly. Right. No, you know what I say? What? KBO. <laughs> Very well. So that basically translates to me to mean if you have not seen Victory of the Daleks, go out, watch the episode, put us on pause, come back, and then take us off pause because from this moment forward, not KBO, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Victory of the Daleks. Victory of the Daleks was the third episode of the 2010 series of Doctor Who, originally airing on the 17th of April, 2010. The episode starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and features the magnificent music of Murray Gold. Initial reactions. And Clarence, I'll start with you. What did you think of this episode? Well, it didn't take much to keep me buggering on because this episode was a bunch of fun uh, from start to finish, man. It's, uh, Matt Smith is magnetic at times, and it's just awesome to get that doctor moment we all want. <laughs> and we've been missing some from time to time. So, yeah, uh, once I got my doctor moment in this episode... I was, hey, I was ready to just, you know, turn it off because I was happy. <laughs> I was full, but <laughs> overall, just a wonderful episode, episode, wonderful story. Uh, Churchill was awesome here. And also we get to see the doctor go up against his foe, uh, which he said so adamantly in his speech. But yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed it completely. Okay. Lee Shackelford, what say you? I enjoyed this a lot more than I remembered. It's it's not one that I go back and revisit because uh, um, there's a couple of things in it that just really rubbed me the wrong way. But uh, watching it again this time, I really I just had a I just had a ball with it. So uh, and bonus, since I saw it last time, I've been to the the war rooms uh, underneath Whitehall. They are a uh, a, a tourist attraction now, and uh, it is a real place that you can go and really see where they did all this mapping and planning with uh, uh, Winston Churchill in the midst of it all. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm, cool. So I'm going to echo Lee in what you said. I'm going to say that this is not one that I normally go back and watch, but I'm going to be the broken record and say putting on the reviewer hat, I'm so glad we did because I had a lot more fun watching it in review mode than just watching it in I'm just watching it mode. I do have some nitpicks with it, but I thought it was fun. It was written by Mark Gatiss, who has a hit and miss kind of with me on some of his. I think he's a wonderful Mm -hmm. writer, a wonderful actor, but sometimes he has a miss. Sleep no more. But um, (laughs) fun. Which one? Lazarus. Ah, yes. So I, I really had fun with it. I think that it was good and it was matt smith there was murray gold left right and center karen gillen total hands down had fun so after we've gotten over our initial reactions i want to get (laughs) some initial reactions on the multicolored 
Daleks and the paradigm of the Daleks, this new breed of Dalek. <laughs> Lee, what say ye? Well, it's funny. I'm glad you brought it up because it did become sort of a cultural moment for Doctor Who fans, didn't it? That, um, as you pointed out recently, you'll notice we haven't seen those Daleks uh, again after a few episodes in this series that, you know, they were trying out something new. We're going to make them bigger and bulkier and apparently uh, uh, more powerful. But um, uh, we saw their disintegrator guns do things that they haven't done before. And but sort of beefing up the Daleks was kind of uniformly booed by the fans and uh, and their primary color scheme thing that you know people call them uh lego bricks and uh what else i said weebles we call them the fisher price daleks right and um yeah i so i was kind of waiting for the moment where where i where i went yeah but it didn't really happen i just thought "Hmm, that's interesting i just they didn't there there wasn't a moment where i immediately said oh that's not gonna work so i don't know i uh, but yeah, so I was waiting for it, you know, again, I thought, ah, and here's the moment where we all turned on the, I don't know, it's, they, they didn't irritate me, I guess, I, I, have a very long-winded way of saying. So what, what about y'all? Clarence, I'm curious, what do you think? Oh, man. I had absolutely no problem with the Fisher-Price Daleks. I kind of liked them, you know, I think in the context of the story, when we talk about this, um, they're trying to, well, not mimic, but bank off of we're here in this certain era with this war going on. This is the new pure uh, race, master race that's moving forward. I thought it worked. You know, I didn't think they were that bad. Now, I think there might be reasons they chose to make them so big that so maybe normal people can fit inside of them. That might be like one of the reasons they made them so big. That's um, my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So so I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. Were they bulky? A little too bulky. Yeah, they were. They were. But, you know, for the purpose of the story, I thought they were fine. I, I was fine seeing the myriad of colors uh, of Daleks uh, going up against the Doctor. So, yeah, I, I had fun with them, man. I remember not necessarily disliking them. I just remember even back then, and think about it, to 2010, yes, we had social media, and yes, we had, you know, blogs and et cetera and so forth. That's only 10 years ago, but it's not to the level of social media as it is today. I'm just wondering if that is reminiscent of all the negativity that the Dalek from the Christmas or New Year special about a couple of years ago got. We just don't like change because I've seen, like, there's a gentleman that I watch uh, that's a YouTube reactor, uh, failwell 34 is his uh, YouTube page, if anyone wants to go check him out. He really liked it. I mean, I went back this afternoon because I was curious to what his reaction would be, and he was, like, all on board of, oh, these are so cool, you know, these are these are hype, these are cool, these are nice. And I think it's just maybe some classic Hoovians, maybe – just like the other, because that's what we knew. I personally yeah. like the other because that's what I know. Yeah. And I think they gave a good enough story explanation to why they might be slightly different, you know? So in that aspect, I thought it was fine. Uh-huh. Well, I looked up on Wikipedia before we started because I wanted to see how true what I said was of what Lee mentioned just a moment ago. And according to Wikipedia, there were two variations of the, what they called the new paradigm design that were shown past this episode. And that was the Big Bang, which is the finale. And then they are seen again in Series 7, Asylum of the Dalek. So they're still out there, according to Stephen Moffat. They've just not been seen again. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. All right. So let's see here. Um I want to talk for a moment about, let's talk about Churchill. We've mentioned Churchill. So Clarence, I want to let you take this one first. What did you think of seeing Churchill and the doctor interact and the overall impression you've got of this historical figure? Yeah, historical, but I don't think us Americans, well, at least me, I don't have the same affinity as somebody from the UK would, of course. But um yeah, I really enjoyed the interactions with the doctor, the playfulness, 
And just that we know that he's seen the other faces or the other face of the doctor. All of that was fun and interaction, you know, the fake hold up when they first <laughs> uh, meet each other. And, and you know, uh, Churchill getting some lines in against the doctor, it, it just playfulness and fun. Uh, I, I thought it all worked well. And it it was cool seeing these two characters who I don't think we've seen them before. Have we seen Churchill before that we know? Of? I, I don't, don't know. Think so. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. But it, it was cool seeing them, even though we don't know their history. It's cool seeing them on screen and have the banter back and forth and have fun with each other. So I, I, I enjoy Churchill. What about you guys? All right. So I want to take this because I have a specific add-on question that I want to give Lee. So I want to take this before Lee. And I'm going to agree, Clarence, with what you said. I thought the banter back and forth was cool. I thought it presented an interesting question that I'm going to come to in a minute about the world leader and the doctor interacting with each other. But I'm going to hold that question. But the banter, the the actor did a great job. I I love the energy and I love the back and forth. And I would have no problem seeing him in a future episode as Winston Churchill. So for Lee, I want to amend the question a little bit. I want to know what you thought of what we've just been talking about. But I also want to know, since you have seen in person Ian McNeese, did you and he discuss his portrayal of Churchill? And if so, could you elaborate a little bit? We did indeed. I got to, got to have a drink with a man. Um, he, and he likes a drink. Um, yeah, I enjoy Ian McNeese in everything. He was on uh, Doc Martin, the show that I also very much enjoy, and uh, lots of other things. I got to see him as uh, Baron Harkonnen in the uh, um, cable TV version of Dune. Um, anyway, and, and, and he is just sort of lovely man. And but I I asked him because um, Churchill was a character in the King's Speech, and. That film had just come out and I said, nobody, nobody called you. And he said, well, you know, every director has the actors that they like to work with and so on. But, but really the Churchill that's in victory, the Daleks is supposed to be sort of a caricature of Churchill anyway. And that was very enlightening because I hadn't thought about it and watching yeah. it again this time, all I could think of, I could still hear his voice in, you know, my head saying that really we're not supposed to take any of this, I think as like we have traveled with the doctor through the TARDIS and this is a historical event taking place because obviously it didn't. So it's all, and it helps, you know, then we've got kind of, then we've got cartoon Daleks, right. That are in, in primary <laughs> colors and, and we have supermarine spitfires that can fly through space. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> it, once you, I don't know. I, 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 I got on, um, got online and was reading uh, people's comments about Victory of the Daleks. And I, I felt like a lot of people really, really did not like this episode because they felt it didn't take the situation seriously enough. And it was just really funny. I thought they, they had this conversation when they were making the show. Ian McNeese went into this knowing that he's playing a cartoon version of Churchill. Uh, it's just a pity that more of that tone wasn't abundantly clear to the audience, you know? Well, it's interesting uh, that you yeah. said that because what, and that just goes right along with some of the research that I did. The, the walking papers or not walking paper, but the idea, the, the base outline that was given by Moffat to Gaddis was put the Daleks against Churchill. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, <laughs> that was run it. with it. Daleks versus yeah. Churchill. And, well, and, and which, can you even you know, do that, you know, yeah. unless it's over the top? Well, and of course, I think Clarence just alluded to this, but, you know, it, it calls, it forces us to, to call back in our minds that the Daleks have stood in for the Nazis from the beginning. This is sort of Terry Nation's idea about them anyway. So let's put them, well, they're not literally on Hitler's side. When we first meet them, they're <laughs> <laughs> they're shooting Luftwaffe planes out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it's it's all a trick. It's all a trick. I mean, you guys are kind of are stressing on the caricature part, and I wonder how much of these historical figures are really just car- caricatures. We I mean, just think in general, or any 
well, you know, past episode because the most eccentric part of the person is probably what's going to be remembered. Um, so I don't know. I'm just thinking in general, like how much, and I guess we can never know really because we can't yeah. go to the past unless there's video or, um, especially more recent times video or audio to know what that person is like. But, but yeah, that's interesting. It's something I've never really thought about, but it makes a lot of sense when you go into the past because you really have to hit on those tones of that historical figure that are really known. You know, we wouldn't have Abraham Lincoln shave his beard down, you know, not wearing yeah. the top hat. So it's interesting discussion, though. I, I've never really thought about that before. Yeah, and, and and I think in some ways it must have to do with the, the place that those people hold in history is that Churchill was so larger than life, you know, really. <laughs> he really yeah. was just sort of this <laughs> extraordinary human being. And so was Elizabeth I. So in Day of the Doctor, we can we can have a lot of fun with her, right? But but you don't you don't do that with Rosa Parks. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not funny. Yeah, true. So mm. so mm. It, it depends on who it is. I mean, you can do this outlandish cartoon of Elizabeth the First. I mean, anyway. But <laughs> um or um King James in uh yeah. Yeah. In the witch oh, so yeah. yeah, they went for it there, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it really d- kind of depends on who it is. And, you know, I want to hit on something Clarence said. It's, you, you know, it's what that, that people remember. And it could also be if I'm the producer, I'm the director, I'm the writer or a combination of all of these. If I think of Churchill that I saw in the crown, the presentation that I would describe of the one that we saw in Victory of the Daleks was forceful, but yet almost jolly. Whereas if I were to give the interpretation of what I saw him in the crown as being was forceful and grumpy. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I mean, how would you describe him, Lee? I know you've seen the crown. How would you describe Churchill's portrayal in that yeah well in both yeah in both of these stories he is a man in an impossible position and yeah well ian mcneese's uh churchill is more uh is is more written and performed around the idea that if we keep our chins up then we'll uh you know we'll bugger through somehow and um yeah john lithgow's really does seem a little more like this could be the end of everything Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, he was written in a way, whereas with this interpretation, and let me say, and then we'll move on. Yeah. This, this interpretation is more central to the plot, whereas the other interpretation was a subset of the plot. He was not one of the main antagonists or the main heroes of the story. Yeah. Um, That's right. You know, what I imagine to be Churchill to have really been like, you need the time to settle into him. Cause I think you're exactly right. If, if he's the center of the story and not an ancillary, he's, he's basically the doctor's companion in this story, you know, <laughs> and he's not the crown in the crown, you know, but so I highly recommend to people, uh, the film with the Gary Oldman as, uh, as Churchill, um, which is not called Churchill. What's it called? It's anyway, not the Churchill. Um, no, sorry. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> right. I can't remember. <laughs> it, it's called something like Our Finest Hour, which would be, if, if that isn't the title, it, it ought to have been. But, um, anyway, but, but yeah, because you've got a whole film where you can dwell on, on him and, uh, you and, know, and that's not going to happen in Victory of the Daleks. So, <laughs> you know, what would have been an interesting spin, but I don't know if they would have gone this dark with it. But I just thought of this while we were talking and that is, you could still have Churchill. You could still have the robot that was Braswell that was created by the Daleks. But instead of putting the Daleks behind the Allied forces, have the Daleks and Braswell be against Ian McNeese's Churchill fighting for the Axis powers. I think the <laughs> symbolism there with them, with them being created after the Nazis would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. we we wouldn't have had all these awesome moments though that we got in this episode. <laughs> Can I be of assistance? <laughs> Just would I you mean, like some tea? It, it, as as much as this was making us weirded out 
as we had these iron sight versions of these Daleks that were working um with with the Allied forces. Um it weirded the doctor out even more. He was like, What is going on? It prompted a doctor's speech. I mean, I love the the not ironic, but the weird tension there of of having the Dalek even falsely be on the doctor's side. It was just great fun to watch to me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that that to me is one of the great things about the episode is the doctor being unnerved by Daleks being uh, helpful and kind. <laughs> yeah. No. So let me ask you two: Did it not seem a little? Because I'll answer this question before I ask it. Yes, it did indeed to me. But did it not creep you out a little bit when they would go down the hall and and asking for tea, and then they would do that eye stalk and look at <laughs> uh-huh. you? Yeah. Yeah, some some fine direction there because yeah, some of the most eloquent moments there is just those, and Amy will narrow her eyes at them, and you get kind of get the feeling they're doing it back at her, like, what? Yeah. Do you care for some tea? Do you care for some tea? <laughs> well, the Churchill, the the Gary Oldman Churchill film that won Best Picture Oscar, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of, is called Darkest Hour. Ah, anyway, hmm. yeah, highly recommended. Highly, highly. Is. Is this the first time that we've seen the Daleks view of the doctor? And I had to wonder. I couldn't really remember. Oh, but, uh, oh no, absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We've seen various versions of it. Um, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe back to the very beginning. Maybe. Oh, know. really? Wow. Yeah. But we definitely got it in, uh, in, in New Who in Dalek. Yeah. It, it, for some reason, it jumped out at me as different. It could have been the colors they were using around the the, the pinhole. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a more dramatic effect now and more mechanical. Yeah, it, it, again, made for some great moments as you get to see the Daleks' perspective as the Doctor is just weirded out by what's going on. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, Clarence, what did you think of the throwback? Can see again. This is another reason I loved going back. And watching some classic because I was thinking about Ace and the question I'm about to pose. When the doctor pulls an Ace on the Dalek with the big wrench instead of the bat. What did you think of that? Yeah, it wasn't very effective. But, I mean, the doctor was angry. I mean, <laughs> he... And, and and that's another reason I have to say I like this. I feel like I like this story because I feel like, aside from a few things I'll talk about later, I feel like it was a good reason for the Daleks to be doing what they were doing. You know, their genetic uh, code, because they were these bastardized version of the Daleks, couldn't unlock this, what did they call it? Paradigm. Uh, paradigm. Uh, Progenitor. Progenitor paradigm, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't unlock this thing to further their race. So what did they want them doing? We have to trick the Doctor into recognizing their identity to uh in order to um you know evolve and you know that's that's like one of the things that really just jumped out at me I, I felt like it was decent writing there and really unexpected so yeah so let's let's talk for just a second about the logic because this is something that i don't think was clear to me and so i want to pose the question to the two of you were there, were the Daleks that we're talking about, the ones that were the Ironsides, that were the impure Daleks as they were, or the unpure whatever, mm-hmm. were they completely robotic or did they somehow harvest Dalek mutant creatures and put them in the casing? I, I was kind of not sure about that. Uh, I thought they were just the Daleks from... Was it Angels Take? What, what was the man, the one there in New, the Daleks in New York? I forget the name of the episode. Uh, Daleks in Manhattan. The, yeah, they're the half half breed, so that's why they couldn't unlock the the uh progen- oh, progenitor. So, so he really didn't make them. Okay, right. that makes sense. Then. Yeah. Oh, th- there's even the line: "You did not create us; we created yeah. you." Okay, that 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 makes sense now. All right, cool. I'm glad I asked that. So, Clarence, I want to throw another question at you. You said you had a doctor moment. I'm curious to know which one of the scenes was your doctor moment. Uh, it's the one you really, you just mentioned a second ago when the doctor was beating on, beating on a Dalek. You know, you are my enemy. I'm yours. You know, he gave the whole spiel. I despise everything about you. Um, and yeah, that was, that was Matt Smith, like really digging in. And 
one of the things I really love um, him as the doctor for because he can get into these moments and even you are believing it because he is delivering the speech as is as if it is the truth. <laughs> so, yeah, that that definitely was one of the doctor moments, you know, only what three, three of his episodes in we get another one. So, yeah, I, I love that. That's just, that's kind of what I that's one of the things I really, really love about Doctor Who and things. It can be worn out, but I, I love it when it's done and done right. Sweet, sweet. All right. So I want to transition away from Churchill and the Daleks into something that the Daleks created, Braswell. I want to know your overall thoughts of this character, not necessarily how his ending happened, but just the overall thought of the character. Lee, I'll start with you. What was your overall thoughts? Um, I think he says Bracewell anyway, but uh, um, I... Bracewell was one of the reasons why I don't go back and look at this episode again, because I, I, I remember being turned off by the whole idea that he is not only an android indistinguishable from humans, um, but that he's also a, an infinity bomb, um, which can be turned off by reaffirming his manhood. <laughs> oh, horrible. Um, I I really thought Amy was going to kiss him, <laughs> mm. and, and maybe maybe on a different show that would have been the. But he, here is the beginning of this thing that is going to go throughout some of Moffat's time, and I know that there are many who disagree with me, but they're entitled to be wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. I, if we want to take the, the, the sort of the rules of this show seriously at all, there, there are some things that just are poetically lovely, but they just don't make any sense. I don't, <laughs> the Daleks start a countdown, which gives our heroes time to do something about it. Why didn't they just blow him up? It's, yeah. it's this thing about the Daleks that always gets me. Why did, why did they warn you what they're going to do by shouting exterminate? They, they would have conquered the galaxy already if they would stop doing that, yeah. you know? Uh, so it's, so this is another one, you know, they, 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 they built in, they built, they did this elaborate ploy to bring the doctor to blitz period Britain <laughs> just so he can say you're a Dalek. Which of course he could have done anytime and anywhere. And, and, uh, all of this turns on this android. Um, and we haven't previously encountered them making whole counterfeit human beings. This is new. Yeah, One yeah. wonders why they don't do that more often. I haven't done it um, since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, that's right. It would certainly be very handy. Perhaps they learned their lesson with this one, but, uh, also, Anyway, <laughs> I'm just thinking about their suction cups and their guns. Like, how? How did they make this? You know, and yeah. he's got a bomb that has a long trigger on it. And they they start the the countdown, giving the heroes time to do something about it, which is, you know, this yeah. is a villain book, um, melodrama villain book, uh, rule number one. So it just it just all bugged me a lot. But but having Ian McNeese say, um cartoon character to me really made me look at this episode differently. So if we're not trying to hold it to a, a, a standard of accountability that we would to an episode like Rosa, I'm going to bring that one up again. Um, yeah. If we're just going to have fun with it, then sure. Sure. Why not? All right, uh, Clarence, I'm curious. What were your thoughts before I give mine? Yeah. Bracewell. Um, while I think I liked him at first, and then, you know, when you get into the, the part that he's having these visions of this Dalek tech, you know, something is wrong. Um, I thought, I thought I liked him at first. I thought he was cool. So, you know, I was down with him. But like Lee said, the way the bomb is stopped just makes no sense. It's the second episode in a row where Amy has been a part of helping something bad not to happen. And it makes no sense. <laughs> None at all. Oh, we're going to stop this bomb by, you know, reaching out to his humanity. Oh, that's a girl. Uh, you know, there might be something you can't have out there. Like me looks at the doctor. What were they trying to make the doctor? And, and... <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it, it, I didn't, I didn't like his character because ultimately, um, it didn't make any sense that he wouldn't explode or even that the doctor would, would try to get 
you know, at least take them in a TARDIS and take them on some, you know, far away asteroid or something. I don't That's know. Right. Let him go <laughs> off in peace. Yeah. So you two both unconsciously, I believe, proved a point that I was trying to make, which mm-hmm. was there is n- no redeemable other than it's just over the top. It overwhelms anything about his character by that ending being so far fetched and to overly sappy because that's the thing that just turned me off to, to the, to the character. Because whenever I asked the question, I said, you know, what did you guys think of the character now? Not about how he ended, but just about the character himself. And there's nothing that is not overwhelmed by the ending because it completely overwhelms it. Hence the <laughs> answers that both of you just gave. Yeah. And I agree with you a million hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, also I feel sorry for him in a sense of, I mean, we've seen this done in a hundred shows where the, mm-hmm. the android or the alien doesn't realize he is an android or an alien and he's going on his life like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's sad for him. But I just think the resolution they came to just um in, in an attempt to just make his story a happy ending, they really did a disservice to um his arc in the story. Well, I will redeem it just a little bit. And the only reason I'm going to redeem it just a little bit is at the point when the doctor and Amy are talking to him and he makes that realization that he can go find his post office and find his Belladonna, Belladora, whatever her name is. <laughs> I hope it's not Belladonna. Whoever it is. Um, you know, he's going to go off and find her. The music that they are playing behind that is the same music that I'm sure they're going to, I'm going to say that they're, oh, they're playing that music, but they played it in a particular episode and I was just forgetting everything that was going on and I was hearing in my head, Hello, old friend. And here we are, you and me on the last. So that that made it worth it for me. So that was cool. <laughs> um, one thing before we move on, I want to comment another thing about Series 5. Another reason I'm looking so forward to getting to Stephen Moffat, because the, I think these are going to create some episodes where Lee and I are not going to dis, uh, I mean, not going to agree because mm-hmm. I am somewhere in that camp of loving some of the things that Moffat does. So I'm curious if some of the things that I'm going to be loving are going to be some of the things that you're not on board with. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Which will be cool. And you know, th- this episode, for one thing, I'd forgotten that it was written by Mark Gatiss. So I'm kind of laying it all on Steemo, but um, he is the showrunner. Um, but it, it, it probably is typical of the kind of mixed bag of a lot of the rest of the, of his time here is that there's so much about this episode to love and just a few things that at which I just roll my eyes and say, Oh, for crying out. You know, so it's, it's never all one or the other. Good point. Good point. So I have an interesting, um, trivia, not necessarily trivia, but just an interesting side note, uh, before I want to get into a production error that we talked about earlier. The phrase Danny Boy is used, and they say broadsword calling Danny Boy. And I found in my research this afternoon that this actually comes from a World War II-based film that came out in 1968 titled Where Eagles Dare. And the main character's name was Major John Smith. So I thought that was a cool tie-in. Did not know. I, I knew that there were a lot of references to where Eagles Dare here, including a snatch of the theme when the Spitfires are flying up towards the Dalek ship. Uh, yeah, some of that music is actually from where Eagles Dare, but I did not know about to John Smith. But uh, codename cool. Danny Boy, of course, comes from the uh, sentimental Irish song, Who Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Yeah, I was wondering who the heck is Danny Boy. But yeah. Like, did I miss something early in the yeah. episode? I Nobody mean? actually named Danny. In. So, so here's a cool <laughs> broadsword. A, a cool tie-in to that. I had the privilege of going on a trip with uh, someone that's a very good friend of mine that uh, was one of my teachers, actually, in um, junior high. And in 2000, she and another lady and myself were on, in this group that went to Ireland. And she had traced her family's history. And she her family's history co- comes, of, for, of course, from 
Ireland, and she's a trained singer and has um, been like she was a minister of music in a church for many, many years. Well, during our trip, then every time I hear Danny Boy or hear that song, they we were in this pub eating dinner, and they, it was karaoke night, and they asked, did she want to sing whenever somebody said that this lady could sing? And they, somebody asked her, do you know Danny Boy? And she was like, <laughs> oh, do I? And so she sung that. So every time I hear that, uh, I think of that story. So that oh, was kind of yeah. cool. Wow. So that's, yeah, 20 years ago, actually, um, yeah. that, that happened. That's lovely. All right. So production error. Lee Shackelford, tell us about the production error that you noticed. I was just gobsmacked when I, I, I was watching the episode this time and we came in for our close up of the doctor at the TARDIS controls talking to Danny Boy on his little radio. And I thought, that's funny that the background behind him really looks neutral and there's so many reflective surfaces on that set and little fiddly bits and so on. So I, I backed up the video and looked again and there is a matching shot that follows that immediately in which we can see the, the roundels and the, the curved copper surfaces. And yeah, there's just a couple of shots when he's standing at the console in which part of the TARDIS interior isn't there. And I'm sure there is a well-known story about this that I just don't know. I mean, I can't be the first person to have noticed that, but, uh, but if, if they proceeded with that and, you know, put that into the, the, the final, uh, um, print to go out for distribution, they, they must have really been confident that people wouldn't notice. And I had to say when I was sharing that with you guys today that I have seen this episode before and I don't think I noticed it. So. Yep, never noticed it, but now I can't unsee it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if anybody listening to this knows what the what, 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 uh, enlighten us. Well, you enlightened us this after- afternoon because the lore of our podcast says give Lee a reason and Lee will be satisfied for the most part. So you yeah. said in times of crisis, the TARDIS wallpaper sometimes tries to reset itself, then changes its mind and goes back to what it right. was before. So what we saw at that moment was the TARDIS in between. <laughs> Yeah. It was re, it was redecorating. It was attempting to redecorate, decided that it didn't like it. It didn't like it. I'm going to like your, uh, version because mine was going to be since Amy was traveling in the TARDIS, the crack in the universe warped that side of the room for that moment. I like yours better because it says redecorate and we'll get to that. <laughs> I don't like it. That's right. Oh, yeah. So, oh. Go ahead. Yeah, also I add real quick. Um, while I think the Dalek spaceship interior is very memorable, it doesn't look like they're on a spaceship. It looks like they're in a white room. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a spaceship. I mean, it looks like some. It just felt weird. They used up all their budget paying for the paint mm-hmm. on all the big, huge towels. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you dare disperse. <laughs> well, it, one does always wonder, since the Daleks are not as tall as most of the uh, human characters in these stories, when, whenever the humans are on a Dalek spaceship, why aren't they having to crouch to get around? But, you know, but no, the Daleks have very conveniently made everything six and a half feet tall, even if they don't need it. It's, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I actually read that the Daleks were made specifically the one in Dalek from the 2005 series, and they were either positioned or made to be eye level of who the companion was that was looking at them, be it Billy Popper or was it Karen Gillan for this time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I can I can buy that. <laughs> and neither of them are, are giants. So, so yeah. f- before I say favorite quote, my question really is, do either of you have anything that we did not cover that you would like to cover before we move on? This was my introduction to Jammy Dodgers. And um, thanks to um, World Market Stores, which sometimes have a, a selection of things from the UK that we don't usually get here in the States, I was able to one day go in there with my son and get a bag of Jelly Babies and a box of Jammy Dodgers. We were in... We were in Doctor Who heaven and, uh, uh, you know, Jamie, it's, it's okay. 
what, what is it? It's a, it, it's a crispy cookie. Um, I want to say with kind of, um, like, like a lemon crisp, if, if you know what that, what that is with a mm. blob of jelly in it. And at least in the ones that we had, and maybe if, if you get them, you know, if somebody's making them fresh out of the oven, it'd be different, but the, the jelly was really, uh, um, thick. So it was actually kind of, kind of chewy. Like you had to, you had to pull it apart with your teeth. That, that, mm. yeah. So I don't know. Love jelly babies though. I love my jelly babies. <laughs> All right, so Clarence, do you have anything before we get to our favorite scene and favorite quote? Uh, I don't think I do, man. I don't think I do. All right, so I'm going to just turn that question in to Clarence Brown. What was your favorite scene? Uh, man, it had to be the doctor moment. I mentioned it several times. I just thought it was uh, fantastic when he um was trying to see why the Daleks were trying to be his friends. He wasn't having it. You're mm-hmm. a man to me. <laughs> so it was great. All right. Lee Shackelford, what was your favorite scene? I really loved the whole uh conversation between the doctor and the Daleks when he's pretending to hold them uh in a stalemate with his with his jammy dodger. Um <laughs> it's it's so witty and so sharp and to me to me this is the doctor. He's 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 just busy cracking jokes and pretending like uh they don't scare him. And we know he is, he is very concerned about what's going to happen. But, you know, after they, they completely obliterate the, uh, the khaki Daleks, he says, blimey, what do you do to the ones who, me- what do you do to the ones who mess up? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and the whole thing about him insisting on that cup of tea that they promised him, you know, so. Okay. All right. So my favorite scene is the scene now that I can't unsee because now I'm going to be trying to find another scene that's messed up from going forward. And Lee, that's your fault. But I am going to have to say my favorite scene is the warped um, desktop theme. Uh, I can't unsee that. (laughs) So my favorite quote, I really didn't have a favorite quote other than I just liked the way, and maybe this is a scene and maybe I'm kind of bending the rules here. But I liked the way Amy slash Churchill played off the key scene where she's like, you know, hey, Winston or hey, uh, you know, hey, you're something to him. But it was, it was just that little bit of sarcastic arrogance kind of thing. I just love the way she portrayed her line. So maybe not a not a line itself, but the way she delivered it. That was my favorite quote. So Clarence, favorite quote from you. My favorite quote is when Churchill and the doctor and Amy were walking down the corridor and um when Churchill said, you're late, by the way. And the doctor's like, late? I rang you a month ago. It's a tight 40 tortoise. I'm just running her in. So <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. He's, he's been running it in for 50 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Uh, well, I was saying that, that even though this is not a favorite episode of mine, there are a lot of, of treats in it, lots of lovely things. And most of them are lines of, you know, little throwaway lines that I just love. And, um, the script, uh, Mark Gatiss gives a lot of them to Churchill. I love, uh, in the scene that we don't like with Bracewell, I love Churchill saying, uh, what you are, sir, is either on their side or theirs. I don't give a damn if you're a machine. Are you a man? <laughs> I think that's great. But, um, but really, and, and uh, Churchill may have said this. I don't know, but this is, this is my favorite line. If Hitler invaded hell, I would give favorable reference to the devil. Oh, wow. Boom. Wow. That is actually a paraphrasing of something he actually said, wow. which has to do instead of Hitler, I think it was Stalin and it was not exactly like as potent as what he said and that so that that in itself was a you know an over exaggeration but that scene i mean that quote does paraphrase something i don't have it in front of me exactly what it was but it is a paraphrase of something he actually said didn't didn't the daleks the iron sight daleks didn't they have a union jack on them they did i wonder that it pissed some people off (laughs) no no it's supposed to be shocking certainly you're supposed to Go, ew, I think when you see that, it's like, no, 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 no. But I love that they have little ammo belts on. Like, why? <laughs> you know, but whatever. 
Well, maybe to cover up the fact that at times their lights came on and at times their lights didn't come on. That was another production error that they were inconsistently mm. lighting up when the across all variations in this that um, the when they talked, their lights didn't always illuminate. Mm. Interesting. Well, what also is interesting is I want to know Lee Shackelford final rating. What say you? Oh, let's see. Wow, I hadn't really thought about it. Oh, dear. Uh, pass. Okay. Clarence Brown, what say ye? Mm, I think I'll give it. it. <laughs> I'll give it four Play School Daleks out of five. That's mm. fun. That's All fun. right. So I will give it four Happy to be back in Series 5 <laughs> with uh, a side of Murray Gold. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm giving it for. Happy to be back in series five with a side of Murray Gold. Lee yeah. Shackelford. It's back four to is you. a good number. Yeah, I can give this four Jammy Dodgers. Ah. <laughs> awesome. That is not an explosive device. Awesome. <laughs> All right, it's a Jammy Dodger, but I was promised tea. <laughs> well, I do have a final question that I will pose to Mr. Clarence Brown, but before I do that, I want to ask both of you, Lee Shackelford, going first, where else can you be found on the Internet? I want to point people, as always, to the website for our radio drama serial, which is, uh, you know, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, And that address is www.relativitypodcast.com. Awesome. Clarence Brown. Where else can you be found on the internet? If you're into Star Trek, check out DiscussingTrek.com where we talk about Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. All right. So I will second what Lee Shackelford said about relativity. And I would also add that if you would like to binge relativity, you can because the first 50 – no, keep me honest here. How many do we have? We do have 50, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, because yep. we have 60 at the end. So the first 50 episodes are available even as we speak, as you're listening right now, to go Very out true. and binge and listen and catch up before the last and final 10 episodes. I spoke with someone yesterday who has done exactly that. So it can be done. So I have one final question, and I'm thinking about what's coming in our future, you know, and I want to you know, ask a question because, you know, the time will soon be upon us, um, mm-hmm. a certain particular time, maybe the time of angels. So my question is, Clarence oh. Brown, what do you know of the weeping angel? Yeah, am I missing a reference here? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, just maybe, oh, I don't know, spoilers, Perhaps. Oh, yeah. I know you're going to be excited about that. (laughs) So for everyone listening, our very next episode will feature the return of the one and the only who? Riversong. Riversong. Professor. Professor Riversong. Oh, I'm a professor now. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you. I've been waiting all episode to say that. So. Thank you guys for joining me. And as always, and we will be back next week with River Song. Spoilers, we'll be back next time. All right. And what, what is the episode called? It's the Time of Angels. It's the Time of Angels. Okay. It's a two-parter, though. In the yes, next You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.